From Finance and Commerce, this is Beyond the Skyline, a podcast about economic development, commercial real estate, and construction in Minnesota. In each episode, you will meet business leaders, builders, entrepreneurs, and big thinkers. I'm David Bolander, editor of Finance and Commerce. Thanks so much for joining. Beyond the Skyline is sponsored by Ironmark Building Company. Whether it's a new luxury apartment building in the North Loop or expanding the community in the suburbs, Ironmark builds quality projects for discerning clients. Ironmark's foundation is built on a culture of collaboration with clients and projects that stand the test of time. Talk to Ironmark's award-winning team about your next construction project today. Go to ironmarkbuildingco.com. In this episode, Kia Isaacson, owner and president of Lakeside Floor Coverings, talks to FNC reporter Brian Johnson, an advocate for women in construction. Isaacson is an active member and past president of the Association of Women Contractors. In this interview, she talks about her construction journey, her advocacy work, and the impact of construction, inflation, and supply chain issues. All right. Happy to be joined by Kia Isaacson, owner of Lakeside Floor Coverings in Fridley, Minnesota. Kia, good morning, and thanks for joining me today. Good morning, Brian, and happy Monday to you. Absolutely. Well, I guess just to jump right in, Kia, I was wondering if you could just tell us a little bit more about your business. It looks like you've been in business for about 15 years there. Is that right? Almost. Um, started in 2009, so 13 years this year. Oh, wow. Okay. So, yeah, if you could just tell us a little bit more about your business and some of the different services you provide and the people you serve. And you work primarily here in the uh, metro area or do you go out kind of beyond the metro as well? Can you just tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, Lakeside Floor Coverings is a family-owned business, and we service the Twin Cities and the surrounding suburbs. We service both residential customers, so a traditional homeowner who may need carpet, new carpeting in the living room, or someone who may be remodeling their home who needs a whole new set of carpet in a new portion of the home. Um, maybe you're remodeling the entire home, and you need new flooring in your whole home. Or maybe you need, it's a new business or a model on a business. So it could be something as small as a living room and as big as a multifamily complex. And we do um, carpet, wood, vinyl, VCT. We do everything except for stone, no tile or ceramic work. Okay. And how, how have things been going now for your business? I understand that really since COVID, a lot more people are looking to invest in their existing home and with uh, more people working from home and so forth. Have you noticed um, any uh, uptick in business since then? Or how, how have you um, fared during COVID? Yeah, we did. We, we were considered essential during COVID. And so our business was up and operating mostly because you have people who were in limbo or in transition. They couldn't get into their homes or their home wasn't finished when COVID started. So we had a big push to get projects completed during that time. 
Um, and then one of the benefits of having people work from home is to get to see how unappealing their flooring may be. And so they are looking to have that more replaced where before, if you were out at work multiple hours of the day, you're like, oh, that flooring is great. But now that people are home more often, um, they tend to be more excited about getting changes done in their house. So business has definitely um, been a lot busier this time of year. Okay. And you say, so you do both commercial and residential projects. Um, yes. What are some of the bigger projects you've worked on? Um, you said you've, you've done some multifamily and things of that nature. Yes. Um, we have done, I don't remember all the names of the projects. I do apologize. It all becomes kind of a blur after you do mm. so many workouts. Um, we did a multi-unit project right on University of St. Paul, kind of across from that Target store there. Um, we've done the Hennepin County Jail, was knits for city of Minneapolis. Um, we've done all types of projects like that. We did the Henry High School renovation, um, Meadowbrook School. We did some schools up in Coon Rapids and in Blaine. So we do a lot of the school projects as well. Oh, great. And that's remodeling as well as new construction or? Correct. So it could be whether we were just remod they just redid the flooring in part of the school or, or they are doing all the flooring in a new section of a school or a building. It's a little bit of both. Okay. Yeah, I just, I, I might be writing something about the new, uh, new 140,000 square foot. I think it's the Bruce Vento School in St. Paul. So, um, I don't know if you're working on that in particular, but it sounds like there are uh, quite a few opportunities out there in that sector. So, um, yeah, schools are schools are tricky because um, the schools are only closed in the summer, June and July, and part of August. And so, you're trying to do full construction projects during such a short period of time, and so it's always a scram to get projects completed and done before kids come back. Yeah, for sure. And it's uh, that time of year now, too. <laughs> just it's that time of year. Can you talk a little bit about how you got into this particular industry? Um, yes, we I was working for in a corporate setting in the human resources department. So I was a human resource manager and was no longer loving my job anymore and always kind of had an entrepreneurial spirit. Um, my husband had done some flooring on the side and he says, well, maybe we should do a flooring company. I was like, oh, okay. Mm -hmm. So I learned a lot about flooring and wrote a business plan. And here we are many years later. Wow. That's great. I noticed that. So you did start up, you said about 2009, right about yep. that time frame. That was a pretty difficult time. We were just, just in the, um, great recession and yep. difficult for a lot of people how did how did that go um the unique part about starting is you have nowhere to go but up when you are at the bottom there's mm -hmm. only up to go and unfortunately um as we know during that time a lot of businesses went out of business right so a lot of companies that were in business failed to continue to exist so it was a good time for us to learn and grow and, and develop into a flooring company um we did. It took us a while before we were stable and able to earn an actual income from the business that came about two years into it. 
Um, but it, we worked out fine. I mean, we we hit the ground running and pavement and people still needed flooring project despite that there was a recession going on. You still have people needing to remodel their homes or whatever happened. So we did okay. Great. And can you talk a little bit about your involvement in the industry? I know you're a member of the Association of Women Contractors and it sounds like just in general, you're an advocate for women business owners. Um, can you talk a little bit about that advocacy work? Yeah, I am a member of Association of Women Contractors. Uh, I am the past president of the board of directors currently. I'm also a member of National Association of Minority Contractors and then Minnesota Minority Goods and Services. So I do really think that our industry has a need to advocate for smaller businesses. And most of them are going to be woman-owned businesses of that sort because we do get treated different in the industry. Um, I can't tell you how many times someone has walked right past me to go talk to one of the male people on my staff to understand something about flooring, and I'm probably the right person that they should have talked to. Um, so it's really difficult for people to respect that I understand flooring. I actually installed for the first two years of our business. I was in the field installing floors. Um, so it's 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 tough for us women um, because traditionally it's not a woman's job or a woman's role, um, and so but we can do it just the same, right? We are capable of learning the same things that men are capable of learning. So we have to, I love the connection that we can make as women, right? And so it gives us the chance to talk to each other, learn from each other and help each other grow and support one another. I am always telling anybody, whether it be woman or female, if you have questions about business or you're starting your business, don't feel bad about calling me if I don't have the answer, I probably know someone who does, and I'd love to connect you with them. So I love our network that we have with one another, connecting and growing together. I love that part. Yeah, that's great. Um, just in in general, for any business out there right now, we've, we've heard an awful lot about inflation. It seems like everything's getting more expensive um, in that when you bid on a project, you submit a bid, and by the time the contract's awarded, you might be looking at a whole other uh, higher costs. <laughs> yes. Can you talk a little bit about that, and how are you dealing with that? Like everybody else, very carefully. The risk with the cost of products and then just the availability of products is the biggest challenge, I would say, not only for my business, but for all any business within construction. When it does relate to flooring, the very difficult piece that we have is our work is always very last at the end of a project. And so things tend to change along the way a lot with design or issues that come up throughout the construction project that change flooring. So we, it makes it even more difficult to order flooring up front because we don't know if that's what the actual final is going to be. And depending on how big and how long the project may be, um, there are the minute I write a bid, I literally don't have any concrete answers from my suppliers and manufacturers that that's going to be the price next week, next month, or for any period of time. So it gets really, really hard to bid on projects, especially where it's a hard bid situation. There's a bid bond and they say, this is the contract price you have to honor. You have no idea what that material, one, is it going to be available? Two, what's its cost going to be and contractor your manufacturers my a lot, a lot of my manufacturers will say this is the price 
And this may be a price increase that we're anticipating, but you pay the price that it is when it ships, not when you order and not when you procure the product. So you don't have any control over what your costs are going to be. And there's no algorithm to the increases. It's not going up 2% or, three, you know, considerably. It's random. It's significantly random in how the pricing is increasing. Because some, some of it was just material costs. Now there's fuel. And then you don't know what other objectives might come up as far as why your price increases. Yeah, it's definitely a challenge. And I know uh, AWC and AGC and some other groups are out there advocating for some changes, maybe some little bit more flexibility from the owners to uh, soften those blows um, and not have all the burden on the uh, companies like your like your own. Um, what's it's really tough, especially when our margins are not very big in the beginning, yeah. right? Um, because we're, we're dealing with low bid situations. And so you don't have a lot of profit margin as far as material cost goes. And the minute that changes, there goes your profit, potentially all of it. And then sometimes you're paying for it. And there's no way for small businesses to stay successful if they're buying work. It's just not possible. Yeah, I'm sure it's especially problematic for small businesses, whereas some of the others maybe can ride through the difficult times with a little bit to have have a little bit of a um, ability to get through that, whereas a small business, maybe not so much. So, no. And any any other thoughts just kind of on aside from those challenges uh how how is business now and what is your outlook for the rest of the year it certainly sounds like there's a lot of demand out there for construction um is are you, are you seeing that in your business there there has been a lot of demand i feel like it's slightly starting to decrease a little bit in the last couple of weeks um, it doesn't seem as urgent as it once was, probably since the Ukraine war started. Um, and the freight price and the gas prices continue to escalate. Um, I've seen kind of a, a green off of, of the offerings in the industry. What I'm also seeing is that a lot of people who maybe might have specialized in one thing are, have opened up the realm of, of specializing. So, where there might've been five flooring companies bidding on something. There's 13 people bidding on the flooring aspect of it now. So people are trying to pick up more categories to bid on. So I think things are changing a little bit in our industry. I am not sure what they look like. And I'm watching that on a day-to-day basis just to make sure that we are secure as a business. Um, but it's, it's, it's difficult, even on the residential side of things, as the prices go so high, homeowners can only justify spending so much on flooring. So mm. when we get to that max, if the prices continue to go beyond that max and we can no longer be profitable, then that's a very scary situation for us as a flooring company. But we do our best. Yeah. We just watch and we and we plan and we adjust as we need to. Yeah, the home prices are crazy. I think the last report I checked, the, the median... Price is now three hundred and fifty-three thousand dollars in the Twin Cities, and the average price is over four hundred thousand, four hundred nine, or something like that. So it's just really, um, and and like you said, when people have to, they have to start making choices um, when they're building new, and so um, 
Hopefully they'll choose. And that makes the affordable housing crisis even bigger here in our city, right? We already right. have that as a problem and it's continuing to, that gap is continuing to get bigger and bigger. Yeah. Because rental isn't any cheaper either these days. Right. It's expensive to rent. It's expensive to acquire. It's expensive to build. And so it makes um, homeownership a weird place here. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how um, jobs and housing changes if we're going to have another foreclosure issue coming up soon or what's going to happen now two years post the start of COVID. Right. Because the, the good news is that the job jobs market is good. People are working. People have money in their pockets. But there's the other side of that equation, too, is things are getting more expensive. So everything has gotten more expensive to me. Right. Yeah. Groceries, gas, um, your utility bills are higher. So at some point in time, people just have less discretionary income. So what does that look like for us? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely yeah. a challenge. So how many employees do you have there? 13. Okay. And um, you've been able to keep keep those employees busy, it sounds like. and it's, uh... <laughs> there were, I mean, if you would ask me a year ago, we needed five more, right? And so yeah. now it's, it's crazy. We're all, we've been hiring consistently, hiring, hiring, hiring. And it's hard to keep people to stay or get people in the door because, like you said, it's a competitive hiring market right now. Um, but 13, we, I, 15 is probably the magic number um, for the amount of business we have now and going into the summer. Um, but we'll see how that how that continues to progress. I'd love my goal is to see that at 50 one day. Mm -hmm. I love that. Yeah. And I would imagine these are pretty decent paying jobs and um give people an opportunity to provide it for their families. So absolutely. Full benefits, great pay, family environments. We're all one big team here. It's I think it's a great company to work for, but that's a biased opinion. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Uh well Kia, thanks so much for your time. I don't want to take up too much of your time here, but do you have any final thoughts before I let you go? Let's see. Final thoughts. Um, one of the questions I was asked was um, a 30 minute video for advice for women in the construction industry. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's a hard because I have so many things. But I one of my models that I go by is that there's really no such thing as failure. Right. Failing is just an attempt in learning. And so fail as often as you can successfully, right? And continue to try, just keep going every day. And at the end of it, you look up and you've come to something that you couldn't have imagined you ever created. Right on, well, sounds like great advice. Um, so thank you for that. And thank you again for your time. I wish you well, and hopefully we can chat again um, in the future. I love that. Thank you so much for reaching out to me and have a wonderful, wonderful week. Thank you, you too. Take Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.